You're listening to a special edition of the Just Go Bike podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all across the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. On this very special edition, we're going to provide you with tales from the trail daily as we ride our bikes across the state of Iowa as a part of the RAGBRAI route inspection team. Hey, riders. We're out here doing the route inspection day four of the 2022 RAGBRAI route. And we have a special guest for you today. And we're going to kick things off with the guest instead of doing the route first. So wrapping up day four is complete. And before Andrea and I get into our talk about the actual route, what we did today, Century Day, everyone. I know people are listening and wanting to know what was it like. But first, we want to introduce Rich Ketchum. Hi, Rich. Hi. And he is one of the crew that goes along this route and does way more than sit on a bicycle seat and see the state of Iowa. So we'll take it over. Rich, tell us what you do. Well, uh, every year during pre-ride, one of the aspects of the pre-ride is to assess uh, the conditions of the road. And uh, the reason we do this is that we want to do as much as we can to ensure the safety of the riders. And as a result, we, during the pre-ride, I am in a car and I am watching for various conditions on the road and we operate computer equipment uh, where we can accurately uh, capture where various types of defects are located. And one of the fun things of that is it kind of takes a bicyclist's eye to see what what condition the road is in. So we're concerned with, uh, for example, uh, center gaps in the road where you might encounter uh, a front tire going in and, and getting pinched and uh, the shoulder, you know, is it crumbly? Is it eroded? Again, uh, uh, from a safety standpoint, if somebody were to leave the road, uh, we just want to make sure that, that this stuff is all cataloged, we've had a, that we've had an opportunity uh, to drive the entire route and see what condition the road is in. So when you're saying, uh, you know, for instance, like today, there were quite a few miles that had a pretty large crack in the center of the road. So how exactly are you documenting it? Are you, do you have like a, a legal pad of paper and you're writing, hey, at <laughs> mile 14.3, we saw a crack. Yeah, we've got teams of people with uh, paper pads that, <laughs> that ride. No, actually, we've got a, a pickup truck. Uh, that's actually hauling a lot of the logistics, so the food that we uh, eat across the state. But the other thing that we have is we've got uh, a, a GPS system, uh, uh, a high-precision GPS attached to a computer, and I sit in the passenger seat, and at uh, 50, 60 miles an hour, we'll go ahead of the riders, typically, and uh, we'll observe the condition of the road. So uh, we also have a computer that has got the official route, and we follow that. And as we're going down the road, uh, the software we use uh, is aware of where we are, 
and there are key codes that we can enter. So we've got a variety of things that we can take note of. Especially ice cream vendors along the way. Yes, I'm going to modify the <laughs> that's, software. That's the so exclamation that can, point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 beep, beep, beep. <laughs> so I know that you're not necessarily directly involved in this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So once we go all the way across the route and you have all this data, what do we do with the data? So what happens is I will take all these uh, data files and I'll compile a report. So there's an Excel file and a, a Google Earth file. And Google Earth is, is pretty uh, widespread. Yeah. Anyone can open up that file. Yeah. And um, uh, I'll send that to the register in RAGBRAI. And typically what happens is these, this report then is made available to the various counties. And so uh, that's part of the report. I'll take the information and I'll sort it by counties and by the classification of defect. And this information is made available to, uh, I believe, the state and county. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, in general, the municipalities are in charge of their own roads. Uh, and they generally do a pretty good job of it. And uh, this is just my understanding and I may not be exactly factual but uh, I've always been under the impression that you take that report and it's made available to the state the county the local you know like road crews or whatever and you know they don't have a ton of time to make repairs or resurface a road so then it kind of becomes up to them where you know if they are able to fill up holes or cracks they do it but they also may just have to sign it and say you've got a big bump ahead or put an orange cone or you know as riders we still have to be responsible ourselves for oh, road quality so not everything that you are able to mark will be completely cleaned Rectified up and, by the and fixed it's it's impossible it's impossible to get it all in but at least we're all aware yeah. Of this going into the ride. Yeah. Uh, I will say, just real quick, while I was riding the other day, I was talking to Dan McKay, who's one of the uh, originators of the Ride Right program, been involved with RAGRAY a long time, and did some of the very first pre-rides along with Greeny. And he was telling me a funny story of the very first time they tried to do a route inspection. And he and Greeny just had literal, like, pocket uh, voice recorders, and they tried to match up the voice recorder with their riding and make a voice note every time they saw a pothole. <laughs> they oh, yeah. tried to do it that way. <laughs> yeah, as, as I understand it, they would take off in the morning, and if they saw a de defect while they were on bikes, then they would write the uh, cyclometer mileage. <laughs> and they would go back to a car and say at uh, like mile point two, there's a pothole. And you can imagine at the end of an 80-mile day, they would take this list of things and they would have to go back and compile it. Yeah. And then send that to someone. And, and I sat there and thought, okay, if somebody says at mile 15.4 there's a pothole, I would say, from where's your starting point? Yeah, yeah. And, and then to have to go out there and look at that and... 
at the time I heard that, that was Jim Green, and I said, you know, there's a much simpler way to do this, and that's, I actually wrote the software they use. Yes. And they immediately fell in love with it, because with Google Earth, it will show them exactly where it is. Yeah, because 15.4 sounds precise until, I mean, a pothole is much less than 0.4 of a mile wide. You know, it could be anywhere within a 200-yard span. Oh, yeah. It's it's incredible. I remember seeing some of the raw data that came back, um, and there'd be nothing, and they would make a left turn, and it looked like a war zone <laughs> on the map. And I think, uh, you know, the it's not that we want them to go and fix everything, but at least, you know, RAGBRAI and all the parties involved have got an understanding of where there may be uh, difficult roads. And, you know, if they don't repair it, we can at least get the word out that, you know, right. when you're going down this section of road, just be careful. Right, right. Which we all should be anyway, but it's nice to know that there is documentation somewhere. Now, Rich, before we say goodbye to you, you mentioned that you wrote software for um, RAGBRAI's past. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that you are the one responsible for years and years and years of data. You know, if I want to know ragbri blah 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 how far we went or how much elevation we have are you, may, are you to blame you may remember the geo bike yes yeah so i was unemployed and i decided to write software that allowed if they told me where they were going i would get the elevation data on that and this was back in 1995 and i thought you know what I'm going to go back and just digitize all the ragbrise. So I talked to Greeny, and I said, can I have the dailies for the first 10, 15 rides? Well, it would be the first 19 rides. And they said, we don't keep that. Oh, no. And I said, what do you have? And he walked over to the wall, and it turned out after every ride, they took foam core and they laminated a, a DOT map to it, and they took a highlighter, and that was the <laughs> that was only, the documentation. That was the only documentation they had. Oh my goodness! <clears throat> so in doing that, it was really interesting because during the first ten years of the ride, it was they typically had a century day, but after ten years, and I believe that's when Greeny took over as ride director. Um, that went away. And you can kind of see how the, the zen of the ride has changed mm -hmm. over years. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, I, so I, yeah, for years I would, uh, I would digitize the ride. I'd make the files available. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Wow. Well, we appreciate that. And we appreciate you. Well, all you're doing this year and you know, all the years that we've spent riding with you. Yeah, well, it's it's been a lot of fun for me, and, and I I love what you guys are doing. You know, getting the word out. It's great. It's great. And I will just say that geobike.com has gone the way of the dinosaur, but you can find it on the Wayback Machine on uh, if you Google that. So Yeah, yeah, it was a ton of fun. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Well, thank you for letting me into the, uh, the broadcast uh, empire. <laughs> All right, well talk to you soon. All righty. Take care.
All right, well, let's get into the day. Today we had, as many riders know, the Wednesday on Ragbri and the Wednesday on the Route Inspection Pre-Ride. It's a long day. Century day. That's right. That is 106 miles in one day. Yep. And we're doing it hashtag for Karis. Because in the past, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 Ragbri's, they always had a mandatory century ride. Which Rich talked about, yeah. you know, just a little yep. bit ago. And then, you know, just how things changed. And now uh, you guys decided to, you know, let's bring it back. Yeah, because unfortunately, John Karras passed away recently. And we just mm-hmm. wanted to honor him um, throughout the week. But this is one of the ways we're doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, over the whole day, the 106 miles, we had 1,699 feet of climb. Yes. And I think that is a huge factor uh, if we want to talk to people who are a little bit nervous about the century ride, um, A, we all did it. Yep. We had a great time. Um, if you, this is my opinion only, but if you just cut the day into little chunks, um, because, you know, every, there's not always a town every 10 miles, but there'll always be some sort of stand or a tree yes. or whatever hang out in the cornfield if you want to but there's yeah. always opportunities to rest yeah and the route today was dotted with beautiful farms oh, gosh, and shady yeah. resting spots even if there isn't a vendor there there's going to be a lot of places to just chill yes. Um, yes and the other thing i keep in mind is that yes it is 1699 feet of climb but it's spread out over 100 miles mm-hmm. so it there was no real big climber today in my opinion it yeah. was just nice slow up and downs yes and i would definitely say that there were some rollers yeah which people who have done rag rag before know what that means where when you look ahead you can kind of see the road dipping up and down and you get your momentum as you go up and then a lot of times you can coast down and halfway up the next one so um but and i also will say in addition to it not being a super steep day um, the roads were also in pretty darn good quality. Yeah. I mean, over such a large distance, there was a variety, but overall I say really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would add is that we have had a rider who's had issues with having flat tires mm-hmm. throughout this week. So just make sure that you either know how to change a tire or you're with someone who does at least the basics, make sure that you're carrying your tube, you're carrying your tire irons, and you just have uh, at least a minimal knowledge of how to fix your own tire or a plan on how to get to somewhere where someone can help you. Yes, yes. Okay, on to our recap of the route. We um, were up and early. We were actually on the route at 6 a.m. this morning, and um, I would recommend that you all uh, think about maybe leaving a little bit earlier that day. Yeah, yeah, it really helped us. I mean, it was, I don't know, 10 a.m. and we had 30 miles under our belt it felt Mm -hmm. good yeah yeah and so here's a a fun fact that you may or may not if you haven't been looking at the maps uh, when we leave Emmitsburg we're going to take the same route that we took yesterday yeah back to Rodman back to Rodman yeah and in fact we went to Rodman and then we went to that little farm I guess it's a big farm Mm -hmm. just outside of Rodman and had a delicious breakfast and that's where Chris Cakes is going to be on the day of. Yes. We had a, an amazing breakfast. So like, thanks. Yes. Yeah. We had a really great breakfast. So thanks to them for hosting us mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so moving on, we, we tried to keep pushing the pace 
throughout the day so that we were, I mean, we stopped everywhere. We enjoyed everything, but we um, did not dilly dally. Yeah. We just took shorter breaks than we have been the rest of the week. Yeah. And that would also be some good advice that we could, you know, send your way. Yeah. And it didn't really seem like too stressful. No. You know, uh-uh. so um, our next stop was Whittemore. Mm-hmm. And um, in Whittemore, we had just a really nice, um, again, we just relaxed. Yeah. Um, yep. Let that food digest. And there is a Freedom Rock there. So if you wanted to do something mm-hmm. of interest, I would suggest that. Yes. Excellent. Um, yeah. And, you know, we were also uh, pretty early in the morning, so we missed out on some opportunities to have, you know, restaurants were not open or coffee shops um, or bars. And on the rag, on the rag, they will have food. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. You guys will be stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. So then we rolled on to Algona. We always love visiting Algona and their theme is go big because they are the largest town in their county. They are the largest county, I think, by like land area. And they're home to the world's largest Cheeto. What? Yep. So the world's largest largest Cheeto? Yes. And the Cheeto has been located. Okay. And they're hoping to have it on display during the ride. Also, something else to point out about Algona is there is a place called the Perky Parrot. The Perky Parrot. <laughs> my favorite coffee shop. However, it is like a coffee shop martini bar, and it doesn't open till 5 p.m., so I don't know what their ride plans are because mm. I wasn't able to talk to them, but mm-hmm. obviously an amazing place for a photo op. Yes, and we did stop into the Feed Mill Coffee Shop yeah. and highly recommend going there. I know they have a good plan set up for actual rag bribe. Yeah, and they're gonna so they're gonna have the, that coffee shop and then all sorts of local vendors that'll be uh, neat to stop in in Algona mm-hmm. before you head on to Wesley. Yes, okay, Wesley, you guys, we had a blast. If you um, need to or should pop onto Instagram or Facebook, check out. We ran into a man nicknamed Jumbo. Yeah. And I believe he owns several businesses. He may own Johnny's Bar. I'm not really sure. Or he helped rebuild it. But tell the listeners the cool thing that Jumbo let us take for a spin. We got a ride in his really old El Dorado car. (laughs) Yeah. Old school car. It had an eight-track player in it. (laughs) And it was a convertible. Yeah. And it pleasantly, we had five of us in there and we probably could have had eight yeah it was just really awesome and appropriately wesley's theme is taking a step back in time oh nice yeah Yeah. so um ride director matt fippen was the driver and he took us for a cruise and i would i would almost i doubt that jumbo's gonna let everyone else ride it drive it because there'll be so many riders around but i'm gonna guess that cadillac's gonna be on uh display i think you just might be able to see it they'll yeah. also have antique tractors Ooh. they're going to have a staged western gunfight at noon mm. and they're gonna have a petting zoo nice. so wesley was just a blast yeah and i did briefly say it but we spent some time in johnny's bar yep. nice huge space yeah. So that's going to be fun, too. Clearly set up for a crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So then we rolled on from there into Brit. Yes, which is the lunch town. And one of my favorite communities in Iowa because they have the Hobo Museum. That's right. Home to the Hobo Museum. Yeah. And in fact, their theme is Welcome to the Hobo Jungle, oh. which I believe is slang for the area where the hobos would rest and relax. So I think it's perfectly appropriate. Oh, yeah. yeah. So we did get to tour the Hobo Museum, which will be open during Rag Bry. And if you were there the last time, you know, it's just as cool. They've actually upgraded 
um, thanks to some, I believe, Iowa State students who yeah. took it upon themselves to um, make it better. But they also put in a small theater in the back of the museum, and there's a movie running, you know, the entire time. Um, I did get to watch a few minutes of it, and they were literally explaining how the hobos uh, properly get onto train, moving trains, yeah, so that they don't injure themselves. And I'm not going to tell you guys how to do that because we would hate for anybody to jump on a train. Well, and you need to watch the video. The yes. Ho- the host of the museum said that people usually start trying to watch just a couple minutes and they end up watching the whole thing. Oh, so sweet. It's a good video. And I do believe he also said you could buy the movie. Oh, well, there you go. If you were interested in that. Yeah. It's just a neat little slice of history yep. um, from when people used to travel from job to job by train. Yeah. So, And there is also a, a Freedom Rock. So if you're um, collecting photos of Freedom Rocks... Uh, check out Brit as well. Yeah, Brit has gone above and beyond. They are going to have forty-four-zero vendors, so whoa, that's a lot of vendors. You're going to be able to take your time and have a big lunch, or just maybe avoid some lines and get a quick lunch. Yes, yeah. very good, very so, good. Okay, yeah. So then we rolled on from there to Clemmy. Mm-hmm. Um, Clemmy does have a Facebook page, so if you want to keep up with their Facebook or their plans for Ragbri, you should check that out. And we made a very quick stop there because at that point we had plans waiting for us in Mason City. So we wanted to um, spend a little bit of time in Clemmy, but we um, wanted to be in town in time. Yeah. And somewhere between Clemmy and Mason City, uh, approximately the 85 mile marker. Now, don't hold me to that. That's just a sort of a rough estimate. That's where your patch handout is going to be. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So just keep an eye towards the last. Uh, eighth of the ride (laughs) which is also interesting that i think it was between 85 and 89 when my computer died oh no (laughs) my bike computer ran out of juice Ugh. i mean tragedy it it was yeah i i hope you can hear it in my voice it was very it was very traumatic i tried to get everyone to stop for the rest of the day because <laughs> does it really count if it's not on Strava but anyway Ugh. so I'm working through some feelings I'm working through some feelings <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that I'll be able to recover it but yeah. I, it's just it's a hot button for me I can vouch for you you rode the whole way <laughs> so yes. let it be known so then we rolled on into Mason City and we had a police escort, which is one of our favorite things. Yes, and we had a bunch of local people, the committee members, cheering us on as we pulled into town. Oh, it was so cool. I, it was so cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, one thing to have a police escort, but another thing to have a welcoming committee all along the route through Mason City. Yeah. So, and then we went into one of our local favorite breweries, which is called Fat Hill, um, and had some delicious beverages there. And we did find out why it was named Fat Hill. That's right, because... Apparently, now this is just something we learned and we don't, we haven't looked it up for sure, but the county is called Cerro Gordo County and that is Spanish for Fat Hill. That's what we were told. So that's how we came to that name and nowhere else has been called that. So yeah, yeah. Bingo, bango. Bingo, bango. And as you know, the Mason City is home to the Historic Park Inn, um, one of the 
I guess the only remaining Frank Lloyd Wright hotel and many more things. And if you want to know more about Mason city, you can listen to a very recently previous episode that we just had about Mason city. Yes, definitely. And before we sign off, we want to give a huge shout out. We had two riders from Emmitsburg ride the entire 100 plus miles today. And we had two riders from Mason city. So we appreciate uh, those guys coming along and, um, and for their hard works on their respective rag bike committees. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd also like to say there were a couple people on social media asking what happened to the blogs for the pre-ride. Oh, yeah. I will be posting those on the week after the pre-ride because in the past we had worked our buns off to get those podcasts <laughs> or the um, blogs out every single night. And it was great to have them in a timely nature, but then Touts would then come back to us and say, hey, we forgot to give you all this really important information. Yeah. And so we want to put out as complete a blog as possible to give you a, a really good picture of Towns' plans. So I'm going to be putting them out next week. Yes. And uh, to go along with that, I don't know if everyone remembers from previous years of doing this podcast that typically the week before RAGBRAI, you will get to have an entire episode devoted to a community member from each overnight town that will be on to kind of give us their last minute plans, their, you know, music lineup, where the campgrounds are going to be. So there'll be lots and lots of information to send your way. And they're still in the planning stages. So um, we're giving you a recap of how we are enjoying pre-ride and what we see. But just know that there's more information in the pipeline. That's right. And I guess my one last final thing I'd like to say is thank you to the firemen from Brit for letting me ride in the fire truck. (laughs) And this is the first time ever in pre-ride history. And I have an obsession with getting photos in fire trucks. I got to honk the horn. Yes, you did. Like the big horn and turn on the siren. Multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I scared the bejesus out of the pre-riders. But I had a good time. So... Anyway, thanks for listening this week, and I can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, Just Go Bike! bike.